they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome to Bible with the Barbers on this 27th day of October 2023. And it's Bible with the Barber again today. Terry's busy with the, the grandchildren. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, and at the hour of our death, amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done to me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Most Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray, pour forth we beseech you, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that in the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth. Plenis uncelia terra gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, we live in interesting times, challenging times, difficult times, dark times, in many ways, all of these. And so what is the answer? What do we as Christians do? Well, praise from the upright is fitting, we are told, in Psalm 33, and Psalm 33 says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Praise the Lord with the lyre, with melody to him, with harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all of his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteous and justice. Righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all their hosts by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea as in a bottle. He put the deeps in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood forth. 
The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to naught. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsels of the Lord stand forever. The thoughts of his hearts to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From where he, is sit in th- where he sits enthroned, he looks forth on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the heart of them all and observes all their deeds. A king is not saved by his great army. And a warrior is not delivered by his strength. The war horse is a vain hope for victory. And by its great might, it cannot save. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their souls from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Yes, our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let thy steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in thee. So the psalm is telling us that we are supposed to rejoice in the Lord and that praise from the upright is fitting. So are we living in uprightness and are we praising the Lord? Are we looking at the world around us and saying, oh, everything's lost and everything's dark and oh, all these bad people are trying to take us down and oh my, and then where's all of our focus? All on these bad people, on the way I feel, on how despairing I feel, how what weighed down I feel. What about God? Where's God in all this? God speaks the word and it happens. You know, <laughs> Jesus told Pilate, you know, he told his apostles, he said, look, couldn't I call on the father to give me 12 legions of angels? But if I did so, then how would the prophecies be fulfilled? I'm not going to do that, Jesus said. I came to suffer. Now, he didn't say that with the words. He had said that. He had told them he had come to suffer. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. And it was prophesied in the prophets, wasn't it? So Jesus shows us the example that in the midst of chaos and confusion and darkness and injustice, you know, someone asked this question recently, well, what about justice? What about all these people who have been abused? When do they get justice? When do the victims get justice? You know, we have to be very careful about demanding strict justice from the Lord because we're all sinners. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God Without his grace, we can do, do no good. We can even not even conceive to do any good in terms of desiring. God gives us any measure of desire or accomplishment. It's all from his grace. Those are all from God. So, you know, especially, and I know this is hard because there are a lot of people in our world who've been abused. And there have been a lot of uh, strange actions from people in high places within the church who you know have said things like, well, we cannot tolerate sexual abuse and those who have been sexually abusing people need to be immediately um, dismissed from their position, never allowed to um, work in the church again, and um, they need to repent. They need to show re- repentance. And yet one, one example, there was a priest, I guess, I, I think I, this is the story, he was excommunicated because of the crimes he had committed in the confessional. 
of a sexual nature. He had abused women in the confessional and he was excommunicated. Uh, he was dismissed from his religious order. He was excommunicated by the church. And then all of a sudden, someone reinstates him. And it's strange because the victims must surely be scratching their head. And I know many, many of the people who've been abused are saying, well, wait a minute, when do I get justice? I mean, this man, well, you can go to civil court, but here's the reality. Are we required to forgive? Yeah. And it's, you know, that's not my requirement. That's not the church's requirement. It's not something that man imposes on me. Look at the cross. Please, please look at the cross. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He's talking about all of us who sin because all of our sins did this to him. He experienced the weight of all of our sins on the cross and in his passion. Bishop Sheen tells a story about a young lady. She was 18 years old. She's going to her first dance. Her cousin picks her up. She lived in a house, I guess a large house. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, she, the, the gate was quite a ways from the front door. And so there was this long pathway to the house. And I guess it was fenced. The property was fenced. You know, everybody thinking it's safe, whatever. So her cousin takes her to this dance. He brings her, her cousin brings her home. I don't know if it was a female cousin or a male cousin. Cousin brings her home, drops her off at the gate. And she walks to the, she's walking toward the front door. Well, somebody was hiding in the bushes and she was attacked and raped. And in due time, as Bishop Sheen says, she found herself with child. So the only ones who believed her were her Paris priest and her mother. And, oh my gosh, you know, the, the rumors flew about her, the women, oh, what a, isn't it sad this woman had one batter, daughter that went bad and, and the girls in the choir wouldn't let her sing. And she suffered a lot of persecution and she wrote to Bishop Sheen and she said, why? I didn't do anything wrong. I was attacked. Why do I have to suffer this? And Bishop Sheen said, you bear the weight of one man's sin. What perhaps if you had to bear the weight of 10 man's sin, then it would be 10 times as great, 10 times as heavy. What if you had to bear the weight of 100 men? Wouldn't that be 100 times heavier? What if you bore the weight of all the sins of the world, of all the men of the world? Perhaps it would cause a bloody sweat. You see, yes, God permits evil to happen. He doesn't will it and he doesn't take delight in it. He permits it because he can bring a greater good out of it. So her suffering of all this persecution, if she would offer it in union with Jesus, it becomes redemptive. It helps to bring souls to Christ. And this is the praise that we offer to God. Lord, yes, I'm suffering. I've been abused. I've been lied about. I've been neglected. I've been whatever's happened to me in life and all of this pain and suffering. And maybe I'm like this young girl was persecuted for the fact that she, someone else attacked her. And I see that music and the timer. And um, I mean, I see the music. I, I see the timer. I hear the music. <laughs> Time to take a break. Thank you for joining us on Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And I hope all of you who are listening, are sharing this with your friends and family and encouraging them to download the app right now. Tell people, come on, come, tune in. Tune in to Bible with the Barbers. Let's learn about praise and how to offer our suffering. 
Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome back to Bible with the Barber today. Terry's babysitting. So we're talking about this praise. We're supposed to rejoice in the Lord and praise befits the upright. And we talked about, um, you know, what, what do we do in this world where there's darkness and suffering? And, you know, what about justice? And what about people who have been hurt, deeply hurt? Do they have to forgive? Well, Jesus in the Our Father said, forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us, Lord. We've sinned against you, Lord. So forgive us in the same way that we forgive others. So yeah, we do have to forgive. And, and I told you the story about Bishop Sheen, that he, he, not Bishop Sheen, but this young woman who wrote to Bishop Sheen, this 18-year-old girl who was attacked and raped and became pregnant. And she didn't understand why she had to bear all of this calumny, the calumny and the slander that was uttered against her that wasn't even true um, because she had been attacked by someone and people wouldn't believe her. They said, oh, you know, she went out and got pregnant and she's just trying to say she was, you know, uh, raped. Well, no, and it's sad, you know, people do this. They, you know, we always want to assume the worst about people, which is not a godly thing to do, by the way. It's not a godly thing to do. It's, it's something we need to guard against in our hearts and in our minds that we don't assume the worst. We're always supposed to assume the best, whatever anyone's doing there. We have to assume that they're, they're doing it for good. Um, and that's a discipline of mind and heart. But um, so this, this girl had to bear the weight of one man's sin, but she could unite that suffering to Christ. Now, it wasn't appropriate that Jesus Christ would ever be molested in certain ways. He suffered his passion, but he never sinned. And I gravely sinned against because he, was, he suffered his passion and on all the, the beating and the scourging and the crowning with thorns and the calumnies and the lies and the false witnesses and um, the carrying of the cross and the dying on the cross. He who was completely innocent bore the weight of the sins of us all. But again, where do we turn? How, how is it that in this suffering? Well, I remember, and this is a true story about a man whose son was killed and his son was killed. And when he you know, heard the news of his son's death, he said, Lord, I don't consent to the sin of anger. And I make an act of the will to forgive the man who killed my son. But he had to acknowledge the emotion of anger because this man was involved in prison ministry. And when he tried to go back to the prison, he couldn't face the prisoners. So he told the priest that he was working with, no, I have to have to step aside for a while. For two years, it took him to bring his emotions along to the point where they would cooperate with his will to say, I, I forgive and I can minister to prisoners again. And the priest called him one day and said, do you think you can come back? And so he came back. And so they were talking to this man on death row and the man described the crime that he had committed that he's on death row for. And then the, the, crim, the criminal, the prisoner said, um, I only wish that I could know before I died that the, the, the father of the man I killed would forgive me. And the layman looked at him and he said, I'm sure his father forgives you. And the prisoner looked at him and said, you pious, you know, all this pious slop, you guys come and dump on us. You know, that's so easy for you to say. And um, the man looked at him and he said, you know, no, it's, it's not easy for me to say. You killed my son. 
and I do forgive you. And it brought complete healing and peace to both men, to the prisoner who could now go to his death accepting God's mercy because he was forgiven directly by the father of the man that he killed. And the other man, it brought, it brought complete peace and healing to his heart. He lost his son, and yet that was the price, perhaps, for this soul. This man before him might have gone to hell. He might have despaired. And now he, this man had the grace. But he made the act of the will forgive. And so everyone, everyone who's been hurt or molested or neglected, we make the act of the will to forgive. Lord, I make the act of the will to forgive, but we acknowledge the emotion and we have to work on the emotions to come along beside the intellect and will. Our emotions don't necessarily, our feelings don't necessarily authentically represent reality. So we need to check them against reality. And Psalm 34 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him and be radiant so your faces shall never be ashamed. The poor man cried and the Lord heard and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no want. So we turn to the Lord in our need and ask for this mercy and this grace and this forgiveness so that we too can share in Christ's joy. You know, Jesus Christ endured the cross heedless of its shame in view of the glory that would be revealed in him. And in, Hebrew, in Hebrews, it says, through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. So we continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. We need to replace the negative thoughts, the anger, the hatred, the ill will, the resentment, the bitterness, the self-pity. This is a big thing that happens to us. We feel sorry for ourselves. Why did I have to suffer this? Why do I have to go through this? Um, what I just read to you was from the book of Hebrews. And um, so, is that, so is the verse that Jesus Christ endured the cross heedless of its shame in view of the glory that would be revealed in him. So through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. And in the book of Revelation, we read, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and is to come. Worthy art thou, O Lord, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou didst create all things, and by thy will they existed and were created. That was chapter 4, uh, verses 8b and verse 11. And then in chapter 5 we read, This is about the Lamb. 
Worthy art thou to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed men for God, from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and hast made them a kingdom of priests for our God, and they shall reign on the earth. That's chapter 5, verse 9. And then in verse 12, it says, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And then in verse 13b, it says, To him who sits upon the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Amen. And so we praise God even in the midst of suffering. And this is what Christ showed us. To praise the Lord in the midst of suffering. To embrace the suffering, not for suffering's sake, but in view of the glory that will come. In view of the goodness that God wants to bestow upon us. God wants to share with us his own life. He wants us to be in heaven with him. To glorify his holy name. And and to share in his glory. God gives us a share in his glory. You know, God is not a solitude unto himself. He's a trinity of persons. He's a communion of love and life. He is the original family, as St. John Paul II put it. And he shares with us his love and his life. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, you see, when we do this, when we follow Christ, then the light of Christ shines through us for others to see. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we glorify the Lord. Glorify the Lord with us. Together let us extol his name. I sought the Lord ever before me. With him at my right, I shall have no fear. Was there ever anyone who was ever attacked and had to forgive their enemies or had a family member attacked? And it, Well, first of all, Christ was. But the saints, how many of the saints? St. Maria Goretti, she was only 12 years old. You know, Alessandro, who killed Maria Goretti, had approached her a year before he actually murdered her. And he tried to get her to willingly commit fornication with him. And she said, no, it's a sin. We would go to hell. I don't want to do that. I reject it. And he said, if you ever tell anybody, I'm going to kill you. Well, she had to live in the house with Alejandro. Alejandro lived with his father. Maria Gretti's mother and, and the, their children lived there. Maria Gretti, Maria Gretti was working on the farm that Alejandro's father owned. Maria Gretti's father had died. So Maria Gretti didn't say anything to anybody. because She was afraid of what Alejandro would do. Well, about a year later, one day, she was in the house alone with the baby. And he was in that. He refused to go to work. He was addicted to pornography. Uh, Shades of crimes that have happened recently in our world. Addiction to pornography and then people go out and kill people. Gee, I wonder where this comes from. Sin darkens the intellect, weakens the will. And it makes us ugly. And Alejandro was in his bedroom, locked in his bedroom. And then when he knew everybody was gone out to the field, he came out and he he told Maria, no, do this with me. Commit this sin with me. And no, I won't. And she resisted him. And he grabbed a knife and he stabbed her. And 
she fell to the ground and he ran back to his room and locked the door and she dragged herself out to the porch and tried to call for help. So he came back out and kept stabbing her. He ended up stabbing her 14 times. Do you think Maria Goretti's emotions were pretty aroused and, and she had a lot of trouble? She did. The priest who ministered to her in the hospital worked with her and brought her to the point where she was willing to forgive him. And I think she might have been willing, but her emotions, to bring her emotions to the point where she was able to say with all of her heart and all of her body that was attacked and bleeding to death, I forgive him. And she did forgive him. And remember the end of the story. Yes, Maria Goretti became a saint. Alejandro was at her canonization because she was able to appear. She was allowed by God to appear to him when he was in prison. He didn't show any remorse. He didn't show any signs of repentance at his trial. He was sentenced to life in prison. And one day he was in his cell and lo and behold, what happened? Goodness gracious. I don't know. I must be having a great time because that music just comes up way too fast. I'll be right back with more on praising God and making that the way to forgiveness and healing within ourselves so that we can praise Him with our whole being. Don't go away. This is Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. If you want to make a donation, call 877-526-2151. Now back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, Call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome back to Bible with the Barber. <laughs> On Friday, October the 28th, no, 27th. Tomorrow's the 28th. Today's the 27th. Um, tomorrow's the Feast of St. Simon and Jude. So here we are. We were talking about Maria Goretti and what happened. Alejandro was in prison. Maria had died. She was in heaven. And um, one day, Alejandro saw Maria Goretti in a field picking lilies and she picks a bouquet of lilies and she hands them to him. The sign that yes, she had totally forgiven him before she died and that by so doing, offering her sufferings for his conversion, he had the grace to convert. And finally, he was sorry for what he did. He repented. And then he got out of prison eventually because of good behavior, he changed. He changed his behavior, he changed his whole life. And then he eventually, and then he joined a, a, I believe he joined a religious community. I don't remember the community, but he he lived as a brother in a religious community for the rest of his life and did penance for what he had done. He became holy because this woman had forgiven him. She wasn't even a woman. She was a little girl, 12 years old. She was 12 years old. And she made the act of the will to forgive. And the priest helped her and she forgave Alejandro and it gained her, she offered her suffering for him more than forgiving. She offered her suffering for him. And yes, I know a lot of people out there have been attacked and abused and, and I'm sorry. And I know it hurts. And oftentimes the pain never goes away and it's with us all our life and we don't understand. But like what Bishop Sheen said to this one woman, you have to bear the weight of one man's sin. And unfortunately, some people have been abused by more than one person. So, but Christ bore the weight of us all and it caused a bloody sweat and more than a bloody sweat. It caused him to be scourged at the pillar and crowned with thorns and to spend three agonizing hours on the cross struggling for every single breath, saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So we follow his example of forgiveness because forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. 
We want to forgive. And we know from human history that when we do forgive, it can bring peace and healing and reconciliation and conversion to others. When we refuse to forgive, the anger and the hatred eats away at us and it tears us up and it destroys us. And you know what? It makes us incapable of loving. Holding on to the hurt and the hatred makes each one of us incapable of loving. Let go. Let go. Let the love of Christ in. Jesus Christ wants to heal. He wants to bring peace and healing. That doesn't mean you have to let people walk all over you and abuse you. If you're in an abusive relationship and someone's, yes, you can make an act of the will to forgive them, but you can protect yourself. Leave that relationship and protect yourself from that person. You don't have an obligation to allow yourself to be continually abused. And especially if it's a a spousal abuse and you're in a marriage and you have children, your children are seeing an example of that and it's only going to cause terrible disruption in their lives if you don't protect yourself. But at the same time, we all need to pray for those who hurt us. And yes, we pray for the conversion of the terrorists and the people who commit these terrible crimes and the people who go out and kill people. Because you know what? God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. I was somewhere recently and, and people were talking about something that ga- the governor of California did in terms of you know, signing a bill that was going to, I, I think, I don't remember. Anyway, someone around me said, oh, well, you know, that person's going to burn in hell. And I thought to myself, and I said it out loud. I said, well, God certainly doesn't want him to go to hell. God doesn't want Gavin Newsom to go to hell. God doesn't want Mary Danielle Barber to go to hell. God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. The Lord adds days in life to the, days in life, days and years, thank you, days and years to the life of the sinner (laughs) that he might repent. And to the life of the sinner that she might repent. God doesn't want us to go to hell. Only Satan wants us to go to hell. God wants us to go to heaven. He wants us to repent of our sins. He wants us to turn back to him and live. He wants us to praise the glory of his name, to become a perfect praise of his glory so that we can glorify him for all eternity. He made us for heaven. He made us for union with himself. He didn't make us for debauchery and sin. And I know people have been hurt and they've been abused or they've had trauma or they've experienced trauma. And that trauma has a tremendous effect on our emotions. But we need to bring our emotions to the Lord. Acknowledge the way we feel. Don't bury it and hide it. But at the same time, I don't consent to the sin of anger. I don't consent to the sin of hatred, resentment, bitterness, or self-pity. Lord, I want to be able to forgive as you forgive. I want to experience your mercy and goodness And I want the person who hurt me to experience your mercy and forgiveness. And I want us all to be in heaven together. And yes, that's possible. And it's happened. We need to read the lives of the saints. There's a Saint Gudalev, okay? Gudalev was forced into a marriage by her father. The man she married didn't want to marry her. He wanted to marry someone else. And his mother didn't like her. So he was abusive and mean and nasty. And so she ran away and she went back to her father. And her father and the bishop said, no, you have to go back. This is the man you married. So she went back. Well, they didn't understand how much this man really hated her. But anyway, in the providence of God, God can bring a good... This is a true story. I'm not making this up, okay? Good to leave. Look her up. 
and I may be saying it wrong, I'm sorry, but I think you'll find it. So Gudaliv is there. She's living with her husband. He's still abusive. Her mother, his mother still hates her. And so one time the husband is going off on a trip. He's going off on a, some sort of a trip, business trip or whatever. And so he hires a couple of men to murder his wife. So while he's gone, these men kidnap his wife, drag her down to this pond and drown her in the pond. So when the man comes back, he's free of Gudaliv. He can go marry the woman he wants. And so he does, no repentance, no remorse, not sorry at all. And when he and his wife, the new wife, the woman he marries, have a child, the child is born blind. And I don't remember in the story if it was the wife or it was the husband. Someone had the inspiration to go bathe the child's eyes in the pool where Gudaliv was drowned, was murdered. And when they did, the child received its sight. And the husband realized the horror of what he had done, how offensive it was against his wife that he killed, had killed, against God, against himself and his own dignity. And he repented. He repented. Good leave, learned not to hang on to the anger. She accepted as God's will that she'd be in this abusive situation because her father and the bishop said she had to. And so she learned to obey. She humbled herself before the Lord. And believe me, that takes a lot. Yes, we are asked to forgive those who hurt us. And we're asked to forgive those who hurt our family members. You got, you got to listen to Bishop Sheen. Somebody, you know, go online and find Bishop Sheen's Life is Worth Living and his other talks. He tells the story of a woman. This is a true story. This, um, they, were for, they were former Jews, this man and his wife, but they had converted to Christianity and they lived in Germany and they knew a man who was a Nazi. And so um, one day the man came to visit them and it, the, the, man, the husband was trying to convince him that God could forgive him. And he's like, look, I've killed so many people. God could never forgive me. I'm not even there. I'm not even going to go there. It's just, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm beyond that. And the husband said, well, have you been to such and such a village? Yes. Did you kill any Jews in that village? Yes. How many did you kill? I killed them all. They're all dead. I had them all killed. Okay. My wife is upstairs and she hasn't heard this conversation. I'm going to call her down. So the man called his wife down and I don't remember the names, but anyway, she comes down and he says to his wife, I want you to meet the man who killed your father, your mother, your brothers and sisters, and your cousins. And the woman looked at him and she says, as Christ forgives you, so I forgive you. And she embraced him. This is not made up. This is true. This is real. And he then was able to accept that God could forgive him for the crimes that he had commit. And he repented. So, we all need to humble ourselves before the Lord and turn to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. We really need to ask for forgiveness for our own sins and then ask God for the grace to be able to forgive those who have hurt us or our family members. And yes, we are called to forgive them. Why? Because Christ forgave us all on the cross. Jesus didn't say it would be easy. He said it would be possible. And why? Because he did it first. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. Remember, Christ came into the world to save sinners. 
and he, you know, we, what, 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 what are we supposed to do as Christians? How are we supposed to live? Well, in Colossians 3, verses 16 to 17, Paul tells us, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whether you, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. So it's this thankfulness that we foster within ourselves. And even people who suffer depression, you don't have to feel delight, although some people do, and it's great if you do, that's awesome. But if you can will to take delight in the good you see, did God create a beautiful world? Yes, he did. Does he make a beautiful sunrise and a beautiful sunset every day? Get up in the morning and look. Get in the evening, take time to stop and watch. Watch the birds fly. Watch the, you know, the, the, the flowers grow. Watch the trees bloom. Look at the beauty and the goodness around us. And look at the good that God is doing through other people. Terry um, told me a story. Well, he told me a story. He, he let our grandson watch a video yesterday about a young boy who showed many, many people tremendous goodness. This is just recent in our own time. And you know what? I'll tell you that on the other side of the break. Don't go away. We'll be back with more on Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you for your support. We'll be right back. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome. Welcome back to Bible with the Barbers. This is the Friday, the 28th of October, 2023. And um, I want to... Um, Thank you all for joining us. I want to thank all the radio stations that pick up our um, our uh, our signals. I want to thank all of um, the people who listen, who share this app with everyone. I want to thank all of our donors. Those of you who are suffering and offer your sufferings for us, thank you. And those of you who um, pray for us every day, and those of you who support us financially. Also, we have lots of volunteers that help us. Thank you. The staff behind the scenes that you don't see, I want to thank them too. They're doing an awesome job. And um, just thank you. And, and please, if you can support us, continue to support us financially, 877-526-2151. But please, please remember us most especially in prayer. And so um, there was a young boy, um, I believe he's from Kansas, and he died recently, and he died of a cancer. He had a tumor that he got on his spine. Um, at the age of five or six, he lost his father. His father died of cancer. And then um, he got cancer. And he, Terry had us listen to the story. And, and as he suffered, he learned to unite all of his sufferings in union with Jesus. He prayed every day. His family prayed every day. They prayed together. They prayed for healing. They asked God for a miracle. But at the age of 12, 
he finally the, the cancer um, took its toll on it on his body and he died but he died people came from all over to visit him when he was dying in the hospital and um, and because he was just so filled with joy and this is what happens when we unite our sufferings to Christ it fills us with joy and this happens you know it, it happens and he, he longed to go to heaven. He longed to go to heaven because his father was in heaven. He wanted to be with his dad. Um, but you can look him up online, Malachi Miller. He was one, he's one of six children, the Miller family, and they were from Kansas. I can't remember exactly what city in Kansas, but, um, you know, just a beautiful, beautiful story of how he, he could have felt sorry for himself. He could have bemoaned his short life. But he actually said to his mother and his siblings, you know, well, you guys don't mind if I go to heaven a little early, do you? You know, I'd like to go to heaven and be with dad and have some time with dad before you guys get there, you know, kind of thing. And, and yeah, and, and he had a good sense of humor and he just was cheerful and joyful and he brought joy to everyone around him. And again, it, whatever sufferings we've been through, whatever sufferings we're enduring, Christ can be, he's present to us. But we need to be present to him. We need to open our hearts to him. We do this through prayer. We do this through um, considering the goodness. We have to remember in the midst of suffering the good that God can bring out of it. If we, if we, keep, if we look at the sufferings as a punishment for our sins or, oh, this is just something I have to bear or endure or you know, be stoic about it. No, it's not about being stoic. Christ wasn't stoic on the cross. There was nothing stoic about Christ on the cross. Okay, He wasn't being stoic. And neither were any of the saints. They weren't Stoics. They consciously united their sufferings to our Lord Jesus Christ and his cross. Because the cross of Christ is the immortal tree. And there's so much more in the scriptures, so many more praises of God that we can sing and hymns of praise and worship and blessing. Psalms 145 through 150, 145, 46, 47, 48, 49, and 50. They're all hymns of praise and, and just the last five psalms. And they're not the first ones. I mean, there, there's so many. But Psalm 145, I will extol thee, my God and King, and bless thy name forever and ever. Every day I will bless thee and praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall laud thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. And the glorious splendor of thy majesty and on thy wondrous works, I will meditate. Are we meditating on the wondrous works that God has done? Men shall proclaim the might of thy terrible acts and I will declare thy greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of thy abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. Do we believe it? The Lord wants to have mercy on us. St. John Vianney used to say to his, his congregation, he would say, God wants to bless you, and you force him to curse you by your sins. He did penance for his people. When he went to the, he was the curate, the, the pastor of a little village in France called ours and he was sent there because he was considered to be too ignorant to be a good priest and he didn't even have the, the faculties at first to hear confessions 
But he went there and he did penance for his people. There were only a few people coming to church. The church was in disarray. That France had been decimated by the French Revolution. And the faith had been decimated. And so he began to pray and do penance for his people. And he found some women in the parish who still had faith. And he asked them to pray and do penance and to offer up sacrifices. And eventually he was given the faculty to hear confession. St. John Vianney, at one point in his priesthood, to the, he came to the point where he was hearing confessions 18 hours a day some days, even in the winter with no central heating and air conditioning throughout the summer and then in the winter with no central heating. He would hear confessions for 18 hours a day, but he said his prayers every day. He was faithful to his office. He was faithful to his duties as a priest. Do we pray for our priests? Do we pray for the intercession of St. John Vianney that our priests would have the fervor to hear confessions frequently and regularly, hours a day if necessary, to, to bring people back? Are we doing penance to bring sinners back? Are we making reparation to God for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifference by which he is offended? All thy works shall give thanks to thee, O Lord, and all thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and tell of thy power to make known to the sons of men the, thy mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to thee and thou givest them food in due season. Thou openest thy hand. Thou satisfies the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all his ways and kind in all his doings. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He fulfills the desires of all who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praises of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. So he will destroy the wicked. In the end, there will be justice. There may be no justice in this world, but let's not demand it. Let's beg for mercy. And let's ask the Lord to have mercy on us and all sinners, even those who have hurt us deeply. And ask for mercy, beg for mercy. There was a priest friend of mine. Um, he's from the Opus Angelorum. And he said he, he had the book of, if you haven't read the book of Maccabees, you need to read the book of Maccabees. And he talked, you know, Maccabees and the, the, the Maccabean rebellion against, by the way, the Greek, the Greek empire of Alexander the Great, Greek, Macedonian. Anyway, um, Father went to preach the sermon that day on, you know, the, the, the first reading was from the book of Maccabees. And as he starts, you know, he finished the gospel and was going to begin to preach the sermon. As he was thinking about what he was going to preach, he started to laugh. And he started to laugh and he couldn't stop. In five minutes, he'd been laughing. In 10 minutes, he'd been laughing and he couldn't contain himself. And by that time, the, the sisters were all laughing. He was praying. He was saying a mass for the, some sisters. And the sisters were all laughing and they didn't know what they were laughing about. But Father was laughing. So they were laughing. So about, about 15 minutes it took for him to contain himself. And finally, he ended it by saying, isn't it nice to know, sisters, that although there is no justice in this world, there will be justice in the end. The Lord is just in all that he has done. He is holy. 
And so all of his ways are justice. And so, yes, when he allows an evil, he doesn't do it because he takes delight in evil. He does it because he can bring a greater good. So all of those of us who suffer, we can offer our sufferings in union with Jesus to help redeem the world. And all of those of us who are sinners, which is all of us, we repent. We ask the Lord for mercy. We humble ourselves before him and beg him for the grace to accept his mercy and to pray for sinners that all sinners would be converted. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven. Help especially those who are in most need of thy mercy. We don't hold grudges. We need to renounce the grudges. And yes, we are called to forgive even those who have committed heinous crimes against us. And no, it's not easy. And I don't say that it's easy, but Jesus said it would be possible. And it's not because of me or anything I say. It's because of what God teaches us in the gospel. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And he offered his life for all of us sinners. And he wants us to understand his merciful and compassionate heart. So what do we do? Well, we need to make reparation. We need to make reparation to that heart, the heart of our Lord, you know, Friday is the day that we remember Christ dying on the cross. And um, his heart was pierced. His heart was pierced to show us that from him flow the, the waters of life, the sacramental waters. And in the sacraments, the baptism, confirmation, Holy Eucharist, confession, marriage, holy orders, and extreme unction, we have graces from God to bear with all the sufferings and trials of this life and to offer our sufferings in union with Jesus to help redeem the world. And his heart is filled with pity and compassion. He doesn't want to destroy sinners. He wants them to turn to him and live. So we pray for the conversion of sinners and we make reparation. You know, Jesus is really present in the blessed sacrament, whether you're Catholic or not, whether you believe it or not, doesn't make it so. Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood. He's God. When God speaks the word, it happens. He established the Holy Eucharist to remain with us, his real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity. In the Blessed Sacrament, you don't have to be Catholic to come and visit Jesus in the Holy Eucharist in the Catholic Church. Jesus is waiting for you. Let's go and make reparation to him. Go to confession. Confess our sins at least once a month. Go to Mass and communion as often as possible for Catholics. And for those who are not Catholic, you're welcome to come to Mass. But pray every day. Pray every day and give your life to the Lord in thanksgiving and in praise. Pray the psalms. Pray the psalms that I mentioned today and the ones that I didn't mention. Thank you for joining us. Please, God, we'll be back again next week, and it'll already be November on Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God richly reward you for all your support.